When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two teenagers were killed in Dhaka a week ago after a bus plowed into them. The protests over that incident have brought Bangladesh's capital to a complete standstill. On the 29th of July 2018, two young students in Bangladesh died after being hit by a speeding bus. This was not the first time by any means that young people have been killed on Bangladeshi roads. But this incident became the catalyst for mass student protests across the country, leading to a showdown in the capital. Panic in Dhaka. Students on the run after protests over road safety turned violent. Hundreds of students clashed with police and alleged pro-government activists in Bangladesh's capital. Witnesses say rubber bullets and tear gas were used to disperse the demonstrators, an accusation police denied. Students marched along Dhaka's streets with placards, some stopping to explain their actions to motorists. The message was intended to be peaceful. Please end corruption in the unregulated transport sector and improve road safety. The official response was not. At first, there were some, like, just some innocent kids out there protesting, and then all the parties made it a gunfight of their own, and the kids got stuck in between and they were caught in the bullets. That's exactly what happened. At the time of recording, it's been over a month since the violence broke out, and the narrative has gone quiet. Protesters say that if no one is speaking out, it isn't because the government answered the students' demands, but because those who originally hit the streets fear for what might happen to them if they continue to fight. Bangladesh, like I told you, it's been born through protests and uh, civil disobedience. This is Small Changes, a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact. This week we talked to a Bangladeshi student who wants the rest of the world to know why his fellow protesters were fighting in the first place and why they suddenly went quiet. I'm Lucy Lamble. I am a teenager from Dhaka, the capital of Bangladesh, and I am an English medium student, and uh, I am giving my A-levels this year. This teenager was very keen to get his story and the story of many of his compatriots out to the world. But he needed to be careful. 
Ever since the protests ended and the crackdown began, especially after very eminent people were taken into custody, you know, everybody, especially all the protesters, they have uh, gone into hiding, they have shut themselves up, they have deleted all the posts from their Facebook timelines whatsoever, everybody forgot about the topic as if, you know, they're oblivious of it. So for all these reasons, um, you know, I do want to contribute to the truth. And but at the end of the day, I you know I also would like to not be in jail, basically. So for the purpose of this interview, we're calling him by his adopted name, Wazir Sakur. Can you hear me? Yep, perfect. Our producer Daniel Stevens called Wazir, who, despite the gravity of what had happened to the protesters in August believes that this event needed to happen. You know, our generation, we have grown up so privileged, you know, almost like with, we were born with a silver spoon in our mouth. We only got the rock bands and the good cafes and the movies and the, I don't know, all the nice things. We enjoyed the perks of it. But suddenly, you know, this kind of like rattled us to our core and showed us that, you know, like what we perceive to be our liberty, our freedom of speech, how much of it is there, you know, isn't there actually. You know, this needed to happen because our generation could not connect with the previous generations. You know, our fathers, uh, if you know the history of Bangladesh, you know, uh, the previous generations, they have been very much either, they were kids when the liberation war happened, or, you know, they were protesters, they overthrew the dictator. So they were very much politically involved. Our generation, however, we have been ignorant, just downright ignorant. So this was a very important wake-up call. Wazir didn't know the boy and girl who died personally, but he explained that these protests grew to such an incredible scale because nearly everybody has the burden of a similar story. It, it isn't an outlier, you know, it's part of like every household. Everybody has lost someone or the other, either in the highways or in the city. From my own school, um, we had this policy that, you know, the boys could uh, basically cycle to the school, if it's, even if it's from like nearby or from far. And uh, suddenly that rule was lifted and, uh, you know, it was like stopped. You know, we could not do that anymore. Why? A student from Gulshan, so when I say Gulshan, it means from a posh background, that boy was ran over by a bus. And I think, you know, if I think long enough, I can give you further examples. But this is what immediately comes to mind. The reason for the protest was never in doubt. However, Wazir believes there was a sinister agenda behind the protest turning violent. At first, there were some, like, just some innocent kids out there protesting. And then all the parties made it a gunfight of their own and the kids got stuck in between and they were caught in the bullets. That's exactly what happened. The government also organised the shutting down of mobile internet services across the country to halt the students' ability to connect and organise on platforms like social media. Social media played a huge role because what the media was not showing, there was no live coverage whatsoever. What they were not showing, Facebook lives from students out on the streets showed us. You know, there were Facebook posts that urged people to make their Wi-Fi's public so that anybody, you know, like running or anybody out on the streets, they can use that, number one. Number two. On top of making their Wi-Fi public, many of the protesters made their addresses available too. The reason was noble, but the outcome was dangerous. What they did is that they quickly made a list of their addresses. And the post was that if you are running, you know, if you're under attack, or if you've got nowhere to go, or if you need food or whatsoever, and if you need somewhere to just go for safety, 
you know these are the safe havens and they just opened their doors for them however some people were foolish enough to share it on publicly on facebook and before you know it like i think 6 pm in the evening we already heard that someone was saying that guys if you share that post stop right now because apparently the cops are calling up these numbers and after midnight they were raiding the houses of these kids and check their houses like literally like block raids they rummaged through their houses they rummaged through their facebook timelines checked for anything and everything I think the biggest takeaway was the intimidating part you know they intimidated these people and coerced them into shutting their mouths up After the break we'll hear more from Wazir who explains what has happened in Bangladesh since the government crackdown Some things have changed but not largely enough not worth the deaths of two kids not worth the thousands of injuries to uh, attacks on students We'll be right back after this Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now get 15% off your first order at burrow.com/acast. That's 15% off at burrow.com/acast. What would you do in a world where 3D printing was easy and cheap? I'd probably create miniatures of all my favorite video game characters or something. It would certainly make Christmas presents easier. But in some parts of the world, there's a more nefarious potential future ahead. You've now got a technology which can manufacture anything. People are using it and exploring it uh, to make weapons. Regulating that and making sure that the technology is used in the right way is something that a lot of governments are very conscious of. I would say no one's got the right answer for it. Join me, Jordan Erica Weber, for this week's episode of Chips with Everything, where we find out more about the risks of 3D printing and what we might do to address them. Just go to theguardian.com/podcasts or search chips with everything on your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. Before the break, we heard from a Bangladeshi teenager who was one of the thousands of protesters who took to the streets in August 2018 to peacefully protest for better road safety regulations after two students were killed by a speeding bus. For the purpose of this interview, he's calling himself Wazir Sakur because he worries for his safety and for the safety of those around him if police or government officials were to find out his true identity. Yeah. 
a month after the clashes which led to hundreds of young protesters being injured, many have chosen to stay in hiding. But once again, social media has become a platform to call for the release of those who were arrested during the protests. Nobody is actually speaking about it. And I think the only thing, only last remnant of this movement that is tangible before us is the fact that it's manifested in the demands for the release of the intellectuals. Another day, another protest in the Bangladeshi capital, Dhaka, calling for the release of Shahid al-Alam, one of the country's most famous photographers and social activists. I think the most prominent of them are, of course, the legendary photographer uh, Shahid al-Alam, who is like very widely acclaimed. And he has been arrested, it's been, I think, almost a month now. So there were those who were detained for speaking out about the government's use of force, but those in power used other famous people to try and get their own message across too. You know, they even had like famous cricketers and public personalities give out statuses like saying that, you know, you're you are great kids, you're educated kids, you're decent kids, you don't belong on the streets. It, it's not fitting of your image to be out on the streets. You know, basically they made it seem like something very derogatory to be out on the streets. And they say that basically the main point was go back home, you know, your demands will be met. Despite a slight movement in government policy, their demands weren't actually met. There were some amendments, but people were very quick to point out the flaws in it. Hundreds of drivers are there, underage drivers. They, they do drugs, they don't have uh, any license, they go for long hours without rest, and these people are driving the buses and the uh, public commutes. So the backlash from the protests has raised several subsequent issues that the government will now have to face. But what has come of the original reason for these students to march in Dhaka? They wanted safer roads so that they could move freely without fear of being injured or worse. But did they get them? Nothing has changed and um, you must understand that the people, they were very triggered, especially the young people. So the government they have to do something to calm them down, right? So because of this, the police has been active lately. Yes, some things have changed, but not largely enough, not worth the deaths of two kids, not worth the thousands of injuries to uh, attacks on students. The government may not have made the sweeping changes that the protesters would have liked to have seen, but Wazir did have an encounter that suggests things could improve. A few days ago, I was on a CNG, which is basically, it's a common thing that we have. You know, like tuk-tuks in Bangkok, so we have got CNGs, green vehicles. So I was just like sitting there. A policeman walked up suddenly. You know, the meters on the cabs. So basically, they don't use it. You know, they, they want to get more money out of it. Basically, uh, he checked and then, you know, turned out that he wasn't using a meter. And then, he uh, you know, our fare, we decided on a fare of 180 taka. But ultimately, he was given a case of 1,200 taka. So I was very happy and I was sharing it with my friends. So yeah, there have been minor changes, yes, but not big enough. Despite this glimmer of hope, Wazir was quick to point out that the police are still employed by the government. And until the ruling party take the issue of road safety seriously the change will remain minute. So for young Bangladeshis who wish to make a difference to their society, the government's ability to silence them may make it seem as though they suffered defeat.
So I remember me and my friends and many people, we were constantly engaged in conversations with people. Like we would have arguments with our friends. They would say that, look, bro, we want good things to happen, but we're not going to do it for the sake of our lives. I mean, we're not going to lose our lives. We're going to get, we're not going to get beaten up or even taken to jail. They were already scared as it is. They were already boxed in as it is. And it took a great deal of persuasion of encouragement, of explanation as to why this is important to get them on the streets and only to get them hounded by the political party people. And God, I mean, you know, there are like myriads of examples like sexual harassment, beating up with sticks, even there were gunshots, you know, there are clear videos. So I don't understand, I mean, you know, how we are going to pursue kids in the future to uh, join protests, however... That said, he has hoped that the events of last month won't have an ongoing effect on young people's desire to fight for their rights. We have a phrase in Bangla, it says, Mondar Bhalo, which means it's on the downside, it's a fixer-upper, but it's still some good. The few of us who have always been part of it, you know, like there has been minor, like say 20% have maybe stayed back, but the 80% is like, they are scared. But yes, something is better than nothing. So yes, there are people who are much angrier than before. They are fed up and they want their rights to be met. So yes, if you ask me, was it worth it? You know, it it came at a great cost, but I would say, yes, it was worth it. Special thanks to our colleague Michael Safi for his help with this episode. If you have any feedback or questions on this episode, don't hesitate to email us at podcasts at theguardian.com. Small Changes is produced by Danielle Stevens. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.